Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Presented by Locked On, it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday edition. Kyle, three weeks from today, we will be reflecting on the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft. You ready? Are you ready for this thing? I feel like you are. You just finished your film work. You're ready to go, man. Boy, when you put it that way, three weeks until game day, that's exciting. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to being in Nashville. Uh, we haven't really talked about this on the pot a whole lot, have we? No. No, so uh, you, me, Trevor, Ben, Paige, JC, the whole gang, we're going to be in uh, in Nashville for the draft this year. We're really excited about this. We're going to be uh, hosting three days of live coverage at STK Steakhouse, which is opening their Nashville location with – us in attendance, which is really, really cool. We'll have an opportunity to you know, kind of kickstart SDK's business in, in Nashville. And uh, Joe, I'm going to hand it over to you because I got something caught in my throat, brother, and it's been bothering me this entire time I've been talking. So I need you to kind of pick cough. up the flag here. I'm going <laughs> to mute and cough. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes when I have to do that, I don't even mute. I just cough. So that's very kind of you. Um, I guess Kyle pretty much said it right there. And you guys have probably seen the article on thedraftnetwork.com that details some of our plans. But uh, all three days, uh, Kyle and I have given you live streams the last two years, but it was only day one and day two. But we are going the whole haul this year. I'm nervous. very excited. Ah, we got that's, this, that's, man. No, I'm not nervous about the analysis piece. That's just a long time to be sitting there. Nah, I mean, what, I mean, it's it's basically what we would have been doing anyways, except for we have to uh, be a little bit buttoned up with our comments because it'll be broadcasting on the Internet. This is, yeah, this is true. Um, <laughs> I've been sitting in a chair for about 10 hours a day this entire week trying to like get the prospectus in order and stuff like that. So I, my training is going well for the draft show. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so to update people on the dueling mock draft series, um, I'm officially up 10 to six after you went three and one in the AFC West. And it's looking like, though, I'm having a big bounce back here with the NFC East up three to one as of the recording of this podcast. So in all likelihood, heading into today, this this series of mocks, which we're going to do the AFC North, I'll be up 13 to 7. So a big, big day here for you, Kyle, to make up that ground as we get towards the uh, the finish line here with the dueling mock draft series. I need a sweep. I need two sweeps, technically. But <laughs> well, uh, that's not going to go well. So I'm not going to bank on sweeps. Um if we go 3-1 the rest of the way, me, starting now, we finish tied at 16-16. So any other result? Well, I guess if you you have to go 3-1 or better for the remaining three Average divisions. Three, one better, yeah. For the remaining three divisions or else I take the dub. Correct. All right. Well. Congrats on your dub in advance. No, we're going to celebrate a lot bigger than that. With, you know, somebody no, that, came up with a good idea. I hate that we didn't do this. We got a couple of different tweets today. What, do, do all one mock? Yeah, well, I mean, we would we would deal with it individually, but the reality is we're kind of recycling a lot of picks for other teams, and it would be interesting oh. if we were to box us into only having 
being able to select those players one time throughout the course of the draft. Can't imagine picking Terry McLaurin every single division thus far, Joe. Well, I can't imagine. I can't imagine being that person. Uh, I don't have Terry McLaurin going today. <laughs> Who else? You had somebody else that's like every show. He'll he'll be today. He'll he'll get he'll be picked again today. You suck, dude. Well, I'm saying we could have guarded against that, and I think it would have been cool to really stress How about ourselves. Just a little bit of self restraint, Joe. No, I'm trying to win. <laughs> trying to win, I'm going to get my guys. All right. With that you know said, you're going you're going first with the Bengals because I've got a crazy pick for the Bengals. You're right, going I've first. Inter- I've got an interesting slate for the Bengals myself. All right, let's uh, do it. At eleven, I took Drew Locke on the board at eleven. Somehow managed to slip past the Denver Broncos. And listen, we need some fresh blood at the quarterback position. Andy Dalton, average starting quarterback, but we know exactly who he is. We have. A new coaching staff coming into Cincinnati. It's a great opportunity to hit reset. This value is a little rich if you just take him in a vacuum, but if you project him in the ceiling that he can be, it's actually quite exciting. So uh, 11th pick, I'm taking Drew Locke. At number 42, I chose to take a tight end. I know this team has Tyler Reifer back on a short-term deal. I know they paid C.J. Uzoma a, a decent amount of money. And I know Bobby Hart's their starting right tackle, okay? But the value wasn't right at 42. I couldn't do anything about it. So I took Irv Smith from Alabama, I think is a fairly safe projection as far as you plug and play. He can play three downs fairly early on in this pro career. He's not as dynamic as what Eifert was at Eifert's peak, but uh, he's a little bit more of a well-rounded player. I think he's a little bit better blocker. Uh, I like the pairing, getting a tight end to come in and grow with Drew Locke. So from a philosophical perspective, I like how that fits as well. And at 72, I chose to give this team a little bit more athleticism at the linebacker position. Joe, do you remember when they drafted Malik Jefferson and we like rejoiced? We said, good gracious, this team realizes they're allowed to have athletes on the second level. This is it's like a Christmas miracle. Well, I'm going to give him another athlete. I'm going to give him Voshawn Joseph from University of Florida with the 72nd pick. Uh, he's a player that if you give him a directive, if you let him attack, he can be very, very successful. Watch the LSU game. If you ask him to do a lot of processing and if you ask him to play the mic position, I think that's where you'll see him kind of slow down his thought process. But I think between Jefferson, Hardy Nickerson Jr., Jordan Evans, and Voshan Joseph, you got some athletic pieces on the second level now. And then Nick Vigil, who's also there as a younger piece, who I like a quite, uh, quite a bit. This gives them a dynamic this team has not had in a really long time. And it just so really solidifies the depth there on the second level. So you went Locke, uh, Herb Smith, and Voshan Joseph. Voshan Joseph. All right. Number 11. They're they're, going to crush me for right tackle, but I didn't have anybody, and they're paying Bobby Hart. (sighs) They are paying Bobby Hart, which is so stupid. Okay, okay, number 11. I went with quarterback Drew Locke. Yep. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) I thought I was going to have something there and really went over the Bengals by taking this team in a new direction at quarterback. Even, uh, you know, I love the idea of doing it. I think you actually sold me on this, that it's the right time, right? Year one with Zach Taylor – Bring in a quarterback to hitch his wagon to and and uh, allow this scheme to start evolving. I like some of the pieces they have around him, some of the skill guys and a few pieces on the offensive line. And so 
let's go. We're ready for this new quarterback. Let's do it. Drew Locke has a pretty uh, loaded toolbox in terms of uh, what he can what he can get done on the field. And uh, you got a guy in Zach Taylor that uh, is known as an offensive mind, an offensive guru. So let's let's put this pair together. See what happens. At number forty two, I also prioritize getting this linebacker position correct, giving us some speed, some urgency, some coverage ability but i went with blake cashman from minnesota number 42 um you know i feel like what's that i said that's rich 42 it's rich but at least i got a guy that can play you know that's the thing you know (laughs) (laughs) so so we went we went with the need there and uh got us some range on the second level um and at number 72 here it is here's that here's my terry mccorn today Bobby Evans, offensive tackle from yeah. Oklahoma. There it is. I got the help for them at right tackle. 40-game starter for Oklahoma. Uh, we've been I've been talking about him most days here on these mock draft shows where I feel like he's super underrated, guy that profiles as a starter. Uh, love his functional strength, love his mobility, love his length, and he is getting slept on. So at 72, I got a guy here that is probably better than Bobby Hart right now and uh, gives me that opportunity to have a long-term uh, fixture there at right tackle. So my Joey, recap, Drew Locke, Blake Cashman, and Bobby Evans. Joseph, we have breaking news. Okay. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has run his 40 time. Oh, wow. I don't know what this is going to be. Uh, my dogs are also very excited because I think some of the mail is getting delivered. So this is going to be a, an eventful moment here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let him have his moment in the sun. Okay, no. I don't have a time, but I have a video that I sent to you, and I want your live reaction on the air. Okay, you sent it to me via DM? Yes. It went down in the DM, as they, right. the kids are saying these days. We don't have a time on this? No. Where, you didn't send it to me on Twitter. Is there a different way? Yes, you sent- I did. I didn't send it to just you, though. Oh, it's a group DM. Typically, you just look at the top of your DM yeah, box, well, I- and the new messages sit at the top. Yeah, well... That's typically how DMs. I work. have your DM open because that's how I get to the link to record the podcast. You have it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping uh, for more more of a dramatic had, response than that. <laughs> I had enough time to go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> Jeez, man. It's not great. Maybe it's a camera angle, but that it, it he, felt like it took forever, dude. Yeah, it might not be that good. That run took forever. Yeah, it did. All right, well, that doesn't look good. That doesn't look good. Uh, well, he's not getting mocked by anybody in my in my picks here today, so uh, no no immediate repercussions. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and take the Steelers, Jeff? All right, we're on the Steelers. Let me get yeah, recalibrated here. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And get back to my – where's my mock draft? Okay, here we go. The Pittsburgh Steelers at number 20 – Hashtag blessed to have Devin Bush fall. Uh, an absolute dream scenario for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Getting them that much-needed uh, replacement, unfortunately, for Ryan Shazier. Something that's uh, really been missing here is the guy with range and uh, you know coverage ability. Get sideline to sideline, play downhill, and, and you, you kind of restore that here with Devin Bush. A major need for them on the second level is filled. Uh, number 52, we're going to get a playmaker at wide receiver here in Debo Samuel from South Carolina. Uh, you know what I love about Debo is that he can win at every level of the field. He's good after the catch. He has good vertical skills. Wins above the rim. Really detailed route runner. And uh, I think that his ceiling's really high. I think he was restricted quite a bit at South Carolina because of Jake Bentley at quarterback, and as well as some of the injuries he's had. 
And, uh, you know, you, you put him into the mix here and have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster right next to him. And obviously James Washington, a player they drafted last year as a vertical guy. And hopefully we can get this, uh, this top three right here at receiver for the Ben Roethlisberger post Antonio Brown. And number 66, another big need for this team is cornerback. And we went with Julian Love from Notre Dame. Uh, physical guy, gives you some ball skills. I uh, really feel like he can disrupt at the line of scrimmage and, and give them somebody opposite of Joe Hayden um, that can you know probably step in and potentially start over Steven Nelson this year, at least challenge him and really potentially give them a, a guy long-term. Uh, been a lot of misses at corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and hopefully you know they can get a guy like Julian Love on day two that they can start getting some actually good young talent at the position. Um, and at number 83, we went with an edge rusher, DeAndre Walker from Georgia, a guy that uh, I think can kind of do it all. He's got pass rush potentially at a very good senior season rushing the passer in the SEC, but I really like his run defense, uh, very physical in terms of setting the edge and playing through blocks. And then he's also got some upside in space. And so I know that Pittsburgh really likes stand-up uh, outside linebackers, guys that can can do a lot of different things, not just attack forward but play in space and um, you know, slash gaps, do all that type of stuff. And I think you get a, a natural fit there in, in DeAndre Walker. So to recap at number 20, Devin Bush, 52, Debo Samuel, wide receiver, 66, Julian Love, cornerback, Notre Dame, and 83, DeAndre Walker, edge rusher from Georgia. Well, this will be fun because we took the exact same positions. But different players at every spot? Not every spot. So you got Devin Bush too. I got Devin Bush. Okay. Got Devin Bush at 20, locked that in, felt real good about that. I was hoping it was that scenario in your hands where like Devin White goes four to Oakland and then Devin Bush goes like 10 or 11. No, you got him too. So hat, tip the hat. That's all I can do. Moving on. Number 52. Here's where I took my edge rusher, Joe Christian Miller from Alabama. I think he's uh, a little bit more of a true stand up space guy than, uh, you took Walker, right? DeAndre Walker? Uh, I did, yep. Yeah, so I, I, I think that's a, a key difference. I like that schematic fit a little bit better relative to my picks. Now, obviously, you came away with a more versatile worse, uh, wide receiver in Debo Samuel. I drafted at 66, Emmanuel Hall. Now, I know James Washington was the vertical pick that they had last year, and James w- runs phenomenal deep routes. But Emmanuel Hall is a little bit more explosive. Well, that's a lot. He's a lot more explosive <laughs> as far as his straight line speed, his ability to take short balls and, and create plays after the catch with them. So this has kind of been Pittsburgh's brand of offense is these explosive plays. And you know, obviously losing Antonio Brown is, is going to be a very big hit. But they have phys- guys with some physicality to their game in James Washington who plays bigger than his size and then Juju Smith-Schuster. So I wanted to get a speed element, uh, another home run hitter in Emmanuel Hall. And then at 83, I took a corner. It kind of goes away from some of their trends, but they should try targeting guys with good film instead of good athletic tests. Uh, Michael Jackson, the corner from Miami, I think he's an attractive fit when you consider his um, size measurements, measurements and thresholds versus Pittsburgh and what they like on the boundary. Uh, Jackson's tape is much better than his athletic testing. And uh, w- with the way Pittsburgh likes to play these big, long bodies, Jackson made sense to me. So to recap, uh, my four picks for Pittsburgh, Devin Bush, Christian Miller, Emmanuel Hall, and Michael Jackson. It's going to be an interesting one. 
Very interesting. Uh, I think I like, obviously I like Christian Miller better than DeAndre Walker, but will the voters, I think that's going to be the big, the big catch there. Um, we'll see. What's next? The Ravens? I'm, I'm actually worried about the other picks. I'm worried about Debo versus Emmanuel. Yeah. They're going to like Debo better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I got to introduce Cleveland now. Nope. Baltimore. I yeah, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yep. Okay. So Baltimore had three picks in this class. Yeah, but no like second it. rounder and two thirds. Right. And the, the last third was like the very last supplemental yeah. pick. So Comp late pick. Yep. thirds. So at 22, I gave him a wide receiver. Joe, we have had this debate. He's gone back and forth. And I'm finally on board. Hakeem Butler at 22 is my pick for the Ravens. And it extends beyond just know, helping move along Lamar Jackson. I'm really thinking about the style of play that the Ravens have, and they like to play a physical brand. So you would think that would extend beyond just the offensive line and the running game, but also the players on the boundary and being able to dictate terms and play physically and just knock guys around. And that's, that's what Hakeem Butler can do for you. So obviously a big body, he's a down the field threat. Uh, Lamar Jackson was at his best at Louisville throwing to Jalen Smith who was like the D minus version of Hakeem Butler in college. And Hakeem gives you so much more as far as run after the catch and contested catches and athleticism. So Lamar's had success with this type of receiver. Now get him a juiced up version of that. I do like the potential dynamic here at 85. Uh, I opted to give the Baltimore Ravens, an offensive lineman, uh, just giving them some depth and, and the opportunity to really help flesh out this offensive line as they continue to be a team that builds their brand around punching you in the mouth. I took Ben Powers, the interior offensive lineman from Oklahoma. Uh, he's kind of the, the more under uh, – he's taken for granted, I think, compared to Drew Samia. Samia is more of a popular name, I think, but Powers – Really love his demeanor. He's, he's more athletic than you give him on the first eye, con, or eye test. So uh, a guy that can move bodies at the point of attack but can also play side to side if you want to run some of those outside type concepts. And then the Ravens lost some pass rush, to put it mildly. So I did want to give them a pass rusher. I chose to do what the Ravens always do, which is take these super high upside guys. Uh, they thrive with Matt Judon as a pick. A couple years ago, I'm going to give him Justin Hollins from Oregon, who has great physical tools. He was a standout at the Shrine game, and uh, he's he's got a little bit of development to go. But Baltimore develops edge rushers as good as anybody in the league. So getting him, getting them that physical potential was a marriage that I really liked. To recap, Joe, it's Hakeem Butler, Ben Powers, and Justin Hollins for the Ravens. All right, Kyle. Let's see here. I got at number 22, the same thing you have. Hakeem Butler, wide receiver from Iowa State. You did a good job of articulating why that's a good pick. Also kind of like that it's a Baltimore guy, you know, a native there. And, they, you know, that's a, that's a, strong, that's a strong community there for, for their own dudes. And so I love the idea of him going there and giving Lamar Jackson a true number one receiver that is not just a big guy, but he's got some juice to him as well. So I love, I love what that will do for that offense overall. Uh, at number 85, we went to off-ball linebacker where C.J. Mosley is no longer part of the mix, and we're relying on this duo of Chris Board and Patrick Amunser. Amunser. I didn't even have to say his last name. 
uh, as our potential replacements. And so we're going to go with Jermaine Pratt, linebacker from NC State. Uh, he's been a popular pick of ours lately um, and uh, makes sense because you know, this is kind of a weaker linebacker class, but he's one of those one of the last ones that you kind of feel good about maybe stepping in and really providing some value, some starting upside. Uh, made a ton of plays over the last two years for NC State. Love his trigger. And, uh, you know, he's he doesn't have great length, but he's a pretty good tackler. So uh, I feel like he can step in and, and replace some of what was lost in C.J. Mosley. Number 102, I also went with the interior offensive line. Got a guy with an edge as well, Nate Davis from Charlotte. A guy that um, you watched that, that Tennessee game. Uh, last year, and you saw a dude with enough power to put SEC defensive linemen on their back, played really well at the Senior Bowl, and uh, I think he's the ideal third, fourth round interior offensive lineman that gives you that starting potential. So uh, to recap, number 22, Akeem Butler, wide receiver, number 85, Jermaine Pratt, linebacker, and 102, Nate Davis, interior offensive lineman from Charlotte. Joseph, I have breaking news. Okay, more breaking news. We have a time on the Arcega White Side 40. Okay. This, there's no way this is real. Who's reporting it? Uh, ben put it in the DMs. Oh, gosh. No, that's not it. This guy's saying, <laughs> he, no, this thing's. There's out. a graphic. There's a graphic, though. There's a graphic. I don't know this guy, Alberto Zaro Gaza. Don't, don't know him, not familiar, but he's reporting. The first run was a four three eight, and the second was a four four. You know this this we could look real bad if that gets confirmed by like somebody There's we know. <laughs> there is zero percent chance if you watch that forty time, he ran a four three eight. Yeah, I don't think it happened either. Now he is a long strider, though. Yeah, but it didn't like seem I, like he was eating away turf. Well, I think it once he passes the camera. <laughs> he does definitely open up his stride. I don't know, man. I don't think that was anywhere near 4-4. I would have guessed 4-6. We'll find out. We'll find out. But I had to share that with you. Oh, boy. All right. Browns so, have two picks. Browns only two picks for Cleveland. <laughs> All right. And I went with both picks being in the secondary. I want to get this group right. Uh, so at number 49, we went with Juan Thornhill, safety from Virginia. Uh, he's been our popular pick for these, you know, like the Dallas and everything. Just getting, uh, getting that. Joe yeah. picks Juan Thornhill well, in mock draft. Well, you know, look, we need to put the stipulation on that we do one draft, so everyone can only be drafted one time. I think that was a good suggestion. I'm uh, just glad I, 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 I have an asterisk to play already when I lose. Oh God! Now you did the same thing too. You've been taking the manual almost days. What we are you co- talking about? You're doing the same thing, picking the same guys. Most days, get the hell out of here. You picked them. This is at least the third time you've picked them. Okay, well, this is the twelfth time you've picked Juan Thornhill. We've only done five divisions. That's but go ahead. That's fuzzy math to me, man. But uh, so Juan Thornhill, obviously a great football player <laughs> that I've talked about every day on the podcast so far. Uh, really can fill in and be uh, that safety next to uh, Jim, uh, Demarius Randall. Uh, they just, you know, we thought Derek Kindred could be the guy, uh, but we're going to go with Juan Thornhill. Ball skills, instincts. He checks those boxes, very experienced. At number 80, we're going to get a corner to uh, work opposite of Denzel Ward. We're going to go with Joan Williams from Vanderbilt. I like that he gives a size dynamic to this defense. And uh, Steve Wilkes, you know, you figure he's going to run a lot of cover three, a lot of, you know, really tap into that length cover two where, you know, Joan Williams is going to have to deal with passes that are trying to fit over his head, and that length really shows up and really helps. Good ball skills. He's physical. You know, he's he plays the type of football you'd expect for a guy that's 
what, 6'4", 215 pounds or something crazy like that. Uh, and so I think that it gives them uh, a guy that's going to be able to match up with the bigger wide receivers outside and uh, give a nice compliment here to Denzel Ward. So to recap, 49, Juan Thornhill, safety, Virginia. Number 80, Joe Juan Williams, cornerback from Vanderbilt. All right, Joe, I stayed on the defensive side of the football, but I branched out a little bit. I took a corner at 49, took Julian Love from Notre Dame, pair him with Denzel Ward. A little bit of a different dynamic as far as his strengths and weaknesses, but you know what? Both these guys are capable of playing in the face of wide receivers, and we really wanted to get that opposite outside cornerback position taken care of. With the 80th pick, I looked inside on the defensive line. They've got Larry Ogunjobi. They signed Sheldon Richardson to a contract this offseason. But the depth behind those guys isn't great. Brian Price, Trayvon Coley, Carl Davis. Pour one out for Carl Davis. I like <laughs> him coming out of Iowa. Uh, that I mean, that those are the prominent names on the inside as, as backups. So I went ahead and I targeted them a guy who has potential to be a penetration player, but at the absolute worst-case scenario, you know he could play the one, Rennell Wren from Arizona State. Really like his ability to stack up guys when he uses his hands on the instances that he does. He's hard to move, and he's a nice athlete for a player of his stature. He's very, very impressive when you see him up close and personal, and uh, I love the fact that I can now put him as my third interior guy and whether it's Sheldon Richardson or Larry Ogunjobi that's got to get rotated out, he's the first guy I'd be plugging in. So for a team that's got Miles Garrett, Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, and now you're adding him on the second line, that's a pretty exciting addition, in my opinion, to the Cleveland Browns front seven. You claiming any victories here? Any of these you feel good about? Cleveland. I'm, really? Yeah. Well, you think that they're going to like that, uh, that defensive tackle pick. Well, they're going to like love, too. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not crazy about Joe Juan in general. I'm not a fan of Joe Juan in general. So, yeah, but are the voters going to be a fan of Joe Juan? How about my? I think my Steelers Hall was definitely a dub. I'm probably, claiming I'm claiming probably. Yeah, I like that one. I like my Ravens group, and I could give or take my Baltimore or my Cincinnati one versus yours. It's just if if Cincinnati fans like Blake Cashman, I'm in. I'm good. I got that right. One. But if not. Right. <laughs> If not, then you hate to see it, you know, and they might like Foshan Joseph. He's more of a name. He's been more of a name throughout the process. Right. He's so. like a flashy name. Yeah. Just watch that Georgia tape and just listen to no, <laughs> just watch LSU. That's all you guys got to know. I promise. Just, just watch, watch LSU. LSU game. That's First linebacker in the LSU game. First overall. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to put a bow on it this week for the draft dudes. We'd like to thank you guys for carving some time out of your day and listening in. Uh, as Joe said, we're coming right around the corner. We're really excited about this year's draft. Uh, I'm finished with film. Hallelujah. So looking forward to getting some creative pieces of content written out to you guys. And Joe is uh, still grinding the tape. And uh, we're keeping him in our thoughts and prayers as he gets near <laughs> the finish line. Hope he gets home in one piece. We'll find out, though. Uh, make sure you stop back on Monday. Check in on Joe. See how his film grinding is going. Thanks, as always, for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. We'll catch up with you guys again after the weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.